Hallelujah. We are still talking about God's choices. Amen. How many were here when we were talking about choices? When we were talking about our choices? Yeah, we, we have our choices and so does God. God also has choices. Amen. And it's very important that you and I get to know what God chooses and what God will use so that we are not, we don't mistake the things that God is doing. Are you with me? Because if, if God is choosing to use something and you don't know it, you will despise it or you may not uh, appreciate or take, uh, take it seriously and you may miss out on it. Am I making sense? So let us make sure that we, we know what God chooses, why he chooses what he chooses, and what he, he does with the things he chooses. Amen. So we started looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from 18 to 31. The Bible says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Hallelujah. And I was saying that it is foolishness because the people don't know that God chooses the message of the cross to save the world. Are, are you with me? Because they think that God should, would choose something more powerful, something more uh, 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 grandiose than what, what God has decided to use. So they are missing out on it. And I said to you that uh, I gave the context that it, this letter was written in the place of, um, uh, what is it called? It, it was written by Paul when he went to uh, Greece, between the north and the southern or part of Greece, the, the middle belt, that was where the, letter, the people in Corinth were. And see, in those places, they had a lot of uh, Jewish people there. And the Jewish people believed that if God was come, God's going to come in a form of a man, God will come as a king or will come as a somebody great. That is why when God came or Jesus came, born in a manger, somebody who didn't look very powerful, they rejected him. The Bible says that he came to his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. Hallelujah. Because they rejected him not because they knew he was, he was God. They rejected him because they were expecting something different. They were expecting him to come in a different form. And he chose to come in a form of a lowly uh, person. And so in Philippians, he said, Let this man be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who thought him not robbing to be equal with God, but he took the form of a servant. And he came to die the death that was so shameful. And because of the way, the form that he came, men and the people of, of, of Israel, the people he came to, could not receive him. I pray that we don't make that mistake. I say, I pray that we don't make that mistake. So that we know, we get to know what God is choosing. And so that we work with that thing and be blessed by it. Because it says that as many as received him, he gave them the power to become the sons and, and children of God. Amen. And it goes on verse, verse 19 that, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? God has made the wisdom of the world foolish because he has chose, chosen something that the world will not choose. Amen. For since the, the wisdom of God, 
The world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God that through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. Amen. It, pleased God, it pleases God that he will use the foolishness of message, the, 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 the message preached. We, we, we talked about it last week, isn't it? So we have trash as a bin and a lot of uh, broken things, you know, trash in there. Nobody would want to keep this in their living room. Bin bag. Food is smelling. Nobody will keep this in their living room. But this is what God has chosen to use, these things. Faith. Something as foolish as faith. It's like hocus pocus. It doesn't make sense, isn't it? Preaching. The word. It doesn't make sense. These things look so fragile and so feeble. It's like tell it to the children. That is why it says that suffer the children to come to me. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Why? Because the children of children will accept any hocus pocus you tell them. By their parents. When a child, when you tell a child, I'll buy you an airplane, they'll believe it. They are crying and tell them to stop, I'll buy you an airplane. They stop. God, they, they expect you that you buy them an airplane. When the Father Christmas is coming, the tooth fairy, fairy will come and give you a, a pound because you lost your tooth. When they wake up in the morning, they, they will be searching under their pillow for the, the, the pound the tooth fairy brought. And they genuinely believe that there's a tooth fairy. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? Till they grow, they, they have that faith. And you see, it is that childlikeness that makes us believers. It's that childlikeness that makes us enjoy the grace of God, enjoy the benefits of, of the word of God, enjoy the benefits of salvation, enjoy the benefits of the cross. That childlike faith. And it is that thing that a lot of people despise. And that is why they miss out on it. But I pray that we don't miss out on it. Because there are some things that even as Christians, we find it difficult to believe. There are some things that even as Christians, we don't, we don't seem to know that those are the things God uses. So sometimes we despise them and then we miss out on them. There are a lot of Christian unbelievers. Did you hear what I said? There are a lot of Christian unbelievers. They are supposed to be Christians, but they have unbelief. They don't believe a lot of things. They don't have faith in a lot of things. A lot of people don't have faith in the word of God. That is why when, there's a, when the rubber meets the road, there's a problem. They run to the uh, voodoo people and the uh, occultics, occults and all that. Are, are you with me? There are people who are supposed to be Christians, but when they say they are about to, they, 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 they announce at your office that they are about to uh, lay off staff because of COVID-19. You see people running around looking for uh, occult. Why? Because they don't believe in the word of God. Even though they go to church, even though they are supposed to be Christian, they don't believe that there is power in the word of God. They don't believe there is power in prayer. They don't believe that they can command the things that are not to be what it, what it is. They don't believe it. Even though they believe, help my unbelief. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? For the Jews, verse 22, for the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. 
They want miracles. They want a certain type of miracle. I, I, you know, I, as I close my eyes to pray in my room, then all of a sudden an angel will appear and start talking to me, you know, like, listen, what do you want? I want money. Then immediately the angel puts a, a briefcase down full of money. Do you get it? That is, they are seeking for signs. A lot of people have ended up with false prophets, false teachers, false miracle workers. Why? Because they, even though we are so, supposed to be Christians, we want signs. We want some power. So you see a lot of uh, pastors, when they, they, they want to have a lot of congregation, they have to go to the occult or they have to, uh, you know, make uh, deals with people to come and pretend that they are crippled and then a person has healed them or they are blind and now they can see so that they can get a lot of people to believe what they are doing. Hallelujah. It's because we don't know the things that God uses. Why he uses what he uses. Hallelujah. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block. It is a stumbling block because it doesn't look powerful. If God is going to come, why would he seek after uh, a cross? You know, those days, crucifixion, firing squad, the gallows is reserved for criminals. How would a God made man come and die the death of a criminal? So it's foolishness. But the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling. Look at your, yourselves. You see your calling. Brethren, that not many wise after the flesh. Not many mighty. Not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of this world, the things which are despised, God has chosen, and the things which are not, to bring to nothing that the things that are. Amen. That no flesh, the reason why God chooses that is because no flesh, verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him you are in Christ, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That as it is written, he that glories, let him glory in the Lord. Hallelujah. So we have seen that God uses faith, isn't it? When we looked at the choices, we said God uses faith. God uses the foolishness of preaching. And then God uses the word of God. That's what we talked about last week. Hallelujah. Oh, are you, are you alive? Okay, I can't see your face. I can't see your smile because of your mask. Somebody just saw me in a, in a mask and said, "Let's take a picture." I I wanted I was making a face, but I realized that the face was not making any any difference because it looked like I was smiling. Hallelujah! Today I want us to go on one of the weak things that God chooses. Are you ready for this? One other weakness, somebody's taking a selfie as I'm preaching. God forgive you. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Just, just look at me. What, what? It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. You see, people still think they are home watching, watching Facebook Live. 
but they forgot that they are in church. So as I'm preaching, they are doing Facebook Live. They are doing selfie. But it's all right. <laughs> Hallelujah. The other thing that God chooses, are you ready for this? Listen to it. The thing that God chooses, which is very feeble, very fleeting, very some way. It's weak. It's, ba- it's, 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 it's nothing to write home about. But that's what God has chosen. It's the pastor. Ouch. You, ain't, you ain't expecting that, did you? Jeremiah 3.15. He says that I will give you pastors according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Hallelujah. Verse 16, then it shall come to pass when you are multiplied and increase in the land in those days, says the Lord, that they will say no more the ark of the covenant of the Lord. It shall not come to mind and they shall remember it. Nor, they sh- nor shall they remember it. Nor shall they visit it. Nor shall they be made anymore. Hallelujah. What the scripture is saying that I will make, I will give you pastors according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And you see, when they come and they feed you with knowledge, even though they are feeding you with the knowledge and understanding, that knowledge and understanding will make you prosperous. And it will get to a place where you become so prosperous, you forget that, you forget the covenant of God. And you forget that God has given you the prosperity that you have because of the pastors I gave you. Are you, are you understanding the scripture? And so you see yourself, they will not even visit the, 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 the church, nor be made anything anymore by the, 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 the through the, the words they are hearing from the shepherd. Because they don't realize that it is that thing that has made you who, who you are. See, you, re- you hear a lot of, when you go to any church, you just be in the church for a few days. You hear something bad said about the pastor by the people who are in the church. Hallelujah. And you see, it takes something, it just takes one word that is said, a negative word. Just one negative word that is said about the pastor. And for the rest of your time in the place or the rest of your life, you will not be able to receive from the person. Are you with me? You will not be able to receive from the person. Just one thing. Sometimes it can look like something feeble. Oh, he's proud. It, yeah, pastor is proud. That, just that. Or the pastor doesn't like women. Or the pastor, this pastor, he likes women. Do you understand? That, that one statement is made. And because of that one statement, from that day onwards, anything the pastor says, do, do you understand what I'm saying? But you see, you, you forget that God, you see, God has chosen to use something that has flaws. Are you with me? The pastor has flaws, but with all his flaws and all his negative, negative things that you can think of or say about him, it is that one that he has chosen. Ephesians 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 15. He says that, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, 
some pastors and teachers. I am grouping all these people into one and calling them pastors for the sake of simplicity. Are you with me? Or ministers, if you like. Or in some, in, in what the, the, the verse we read in Ephesians, uh, in uh, Jeremiah 3.15, in some verses, I'll give you shepherds. Do you, do you get it? The, the word shepherd is the, is the, the Greek word, the, the Greek word poamen, which is shepherd, which is pastor. You know, so apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, they all come under that category of a poor man. Are, are you with me? So he, said, uh, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For what? For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. What, what is the purpose? He gave them coaches. This coach... It's not a coach that sits at the bench. This is a player coach. So he's also playing, but he's the coach. Are you with me? So you can even watch him and use his life to play. I, I, I'm not making sense. So he's not, he's not like a, a somebody who's removed from life and he's just talking. But he's also in life. He also suffers what you are suffering. He's also there and going through the, the hard, the difficulties. COVID-19 is quarantined. He's also quarantined. But even in his quarantine, he has faith enough to encourage you. Even in his quarantine, he has faith enough to say to you that, let's hope and believe God. Let's keep praying. Let's keep worshiping God. Are you with me? And that is an encouragement because you have a player coach. He's not perfect. By any stretch of the imagination, the pastor is not perfect. The pastor must not be perfect. Because when he becomes perfect, then it, it removes you. You cannot identify with him. Because as soon as he becomes perfect, then he's not of no use to you. Are, are you with me? But when he is just like me, he's just like you, he, then he becomes somebody that you can look up to that even in his flaws, even in his weaknesses, even in his, he's still passionate about God. He's still serving God. If he can serve God, then so can I. Hallelujah. So see, God chooses these weak people. And because they are the chosen of God, they are the same people that Satan will present to you in another light. So you can receive them. Because Satan knows that if you can receive them, and receive anything that comes to, to, from them as if God gave it, then you, 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 are, you are in a place. There's a, there's a scripture. Please look for it for me. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus said that, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. When God sends them and you are able to receive them, if you can receive them that have sent you, then you are blessed. Hallelujah. I, I, you understand what I'm saying? You see, you can never see me. The scripture says that you can never see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Have you found that scripture for me? Matthew what? 23, 39. Thank you. I have a lot of pastors here. You will never, Jesus was talking, he said that you will never see me. You will never see my glory. You will never see my favor. You will never see my power. You will never see my strength 
until you say, for I say unto you, you will never see me, you see me no more, till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It, it, what the scripture is saying that until you bless God for the pastor that I've sent to you, you will not see me. Are, are you with me? The scripture is saying until you see the pastor in a certain light of power, a certain light of holiness, a certain light of grace of God, you will not see me. Because why? I've chosen to come through him. So if you can receive him, in a very powerful light. Then you can see me. You can see my glory. That is why it is easier for us to see a pastor from somewhere, a visiting pastor, and believe him. It's, it's easier to see a, a visiting pastor and think that he's very powerful. Somebody who's far off is very powerful. Then the one close to us is not good. Why? Because we see his lifestyle. We see how he's always joking around. We see him, his, his problem. We see that he was quarreling with his wife. He was quarreling with his son. Just the other day, I saw him coming, shouting, you know, uh, uh, when somebody crossed him, he was blowing the horn uh, uh, on the person. I saw all those things. And because of that, you see the person has no good. Hallelujah. So the YouTube pastor, or the pastor on the, on the, on the, uh, Facebook it sounds very powerful because he looks very holy when he's coming it's as if his, his feet is not moving you know it's as if he's gliding the Lord bless you and you know and as for this your pastor when he says grammar is wrong <laughs> hallelujah the elder and the arrows are crisscrossing all over the place hallelujah I, I, you understand what I'm saying? But it says that I have given you these guys to equip you, equip you in your walk of, of ministry, in your walk of life, in your walk of marriage, in your walk every, every which way that you are walking. I've given you these guys to equip you. So if you want to be equipped, you are not necessarily going to be equipped by yourself. You are not necessarily going to be equipped because you have read the Bible yourself or equipped because you prayed yourself or equipped because you, you, you had the revelation yourself. No, 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 no. But you need them as well. Hallelujah. They don't discount, they don't uh, mean that you discount the word of God or discount faith, you discount uh, uh, preaching and all. No, no, no. They don't mean that. But in, inclusive of all those things, you must add them. You must add them. You have, must have a certain reverential fear. That's why we call them reverend. That reverend is not a name. It's not part of their name. It's so that we can have a certain respect for them. You know, in, in, in the Catholic Church, it doesn't matter how old the person is. Once he becomes a, 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 a priest, we call them father. And you call, anytime you call anybody father, you have a certain respect for them. Not because they are respect, respectable people, not because they have done anything special, but because of the office they occupy. That office is a, is a place of reverence. You receive him as a father so that he can speak into your life to equip you for life. Hallelujah. Don't say that I'm older than the pastor so he can't advise me. And he's a small boy. 
So, somebody says, ask for me this type of junior apprentice pastors. I don't deal with them. Go and bring your senior pastor. <laughs> junior apprentice pastor. <laughs> you are coming to talk to me. No, even if you became a pastor one day and he's your child, he's still a father. And you must receive him as such. Hallelujah. So that you don't miss out on the blessing that God has for you. Because it comes through that unwanted thing. He's trash. The pastor is trash. I agree. I agree. He's trash. What is inside the church? This is what is inside. It is actually what? Trash. But that is what God has chosen to use. Use paper, use the KFC, and then some, some things. I don't even know where these guys got these things from. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Nobody's minding me. They are not, not, not good, nothing. But they're, they're the choice of God. That is the choice of God. That is the one God has chosen. And he says that he has chosen them, verse 13, till we all come to the unity of faith. Which means that we will never come to the unity of faith without them. Are you with me? We are still in Ephesians 4, isn't it? 13. Till we come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man which means that you will never come to a certain aspect of revelation of God without them. I don't, I don't care how much you read the Bible yourself. You will never get a certain revelation of God until you allow them to equip you. You allow them to train you. You allow them, you know, so try and fight that spirit of familiarity. Try and fight the spirit that makes you angry with the pastor. Try and fight the spirit that says evil about the pastor. Because all those things are not good for you. All those things are, are designed by Satan. Never mind who, who brings it or who says it or where it comes from. All those things are designed to make you miss out on the blessings of God. Am I, am I saying something to somebody? All those things are not God. Are not from God. They are very subtle. All they have to say is that this pastor is not a correct person. Yeah. It's something as simple as that. And for the 10 years that you'll be under the feet of the pastor, you will never receive anything. Because you have been told he's not correct. They didn't even elaborate to say, they, they, they didn't elaborate to say why he's not correct. They just said he's not correct. And they said, I've been here longer than you. <laughs> Me, I know, I've been here longer than you. You see, when, when the crab comes from under the river and tells you that the crocodile is dead, you better believe them. Because they are coming from under the water. You get it? So you believe them until you walk in the water. Then the crocodile will tell you that I'm still here. I was only sleeping. <laughs> See, sleeping looks like dead, but I wasn't dead. Hallelujah. Till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God 
to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer become children. So you see, you continue to remain a spiritual baby, a spiritual child if you don't receive a pastor. Hallelujah. Have you not realized that most places, they always attack the pastor first? They always attack the pastor first. Every time they have something to say about the pastor. He's a human being. He, He will make mistakes. But you see, your maturity in God is linked to him. So the way you see him, the way you receive from him. You know, if somebody says the pastor doesn't like you. We have analyzed and concluded. That's it. Yes, sometimes it's not somebody says Satan talks to you and tells you <laughs> that this guy doesn't like you. That's all. From that day till the day you leave that place, if you ever leave, you will never receive from him. Because everything, the conclusion of it is that he doesn't like me. So what, even when he's trying to do a good thing to you, you see it as he is, is coming from a bad place. See, your point of view is dependent on your viewpoint. If it's coming from a place I don't, he doesn't like, even when he cuts his neck and shows it to you, you still say, no. he's cutting his neck because he doesn't like me. <laughs> Hallelujah. I told you a story about this, this uh, guy that we, we started a church somewhere and then the pastor had to be transferred. So we needed a pastor to go and take over that church. And then he came to me and said, give me one of your best. I had like a pastoral school, so I had people in pastoral training. Give me one of your best so that he goes and becomes the pastor in that church. It was already a, started, a church that was already in existence. Then I said that, oh, Brother X is the one that I want to go. So I said, they called me for a meeting. Are you sure, Brother X? Is he a, they, they, they went through all the criteria and everything. I defended, I analyzed everything that Brother X is the, my choice. Then I said, okay, tell Brother X that from Sunday, next week Sunday, he should go to that church. So I called Brother X. I said, Brother X, from next Sunday, I don't want you in this place again. I want you to go to that church. He looked at me. Okay. He didn't say anything to me. Then he went home. He went to have a chat with his wife. Then he called me. He said, Pastor, uh, thank you for that that offer, but me and my wife have decided that we won't go. Then I said, oh, no, no problem. Then... I went for my second choice. And I said to my second choice, Brother, from this Sunday, don't come here. Go to that church. And then the pastor said, Thank you. And then he went. They all within, so this was between Monday to Saturday. So Sunday comes. I come to stand in the pulpit. And I announce that Brother X has now left us. He's now the pastor of the church. In this place. And everybody, hey, clap for the brother. 
Then this guy, this brother X was like, when you called me to go there, you didn't tell me that I was going to be the pastor. You were sucking me from this church. Then you called that brother, you said that he should go and be a pastor. See, your point of view. You know, this guy stood from a place where he thought I didn't like him. So when he was for promotion, he saw it as being gotten rid of. Are, are you getting what? So he missed out on the blessing because in his mind, I didn't like him. Which meant that all the years he was spending with, under my, my pastoral uh, leadership, he wasn't learning anything because in his mind, I didn't like him. So between him and his wife, uh, when they come to church, the message, they go and interpret it differently at home. This is what he actually meant. So when I called him and I said, go and be a pastor there, he didn't even hear the go and be a pastor there. He heard go and be an usher there. Pastor and usher sounds the same. I, I, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So sometimes the, the, the point of view is very important. Try your best not to have a negative mindset for the person who, who is your coach. You see, I don't care how good a player you are. If you don't get on with the coach, you won't play. Ah, you know, you didn't, you missed, you missed, you missed the place to put your hands together. Listen, there, I'll give you a good example. There's a team called Arsenal. There's a team. They have the highest paid player in the place. 300 and what? 50,000 pounds a week. He, he thinks that, he thinks that the, 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 the coach doesn't like him. So he doesn't, he wants to have an attitude. He has an attitude. So he says, okay, sit down. With all your glorified self, somebody who earns 20,000 a a week is the one who plays all the time. The one who has 350,000 is sitting down. The other day he was sitting with an umbrella. <laughs> watching. And you see, uh, for a footballer, it doesn't matter how much you earn a week. They all want to play. Because if you are not playing, you are not good. Are, are you with me? So it doesn't matter how, and, and I, I use that example to, to let us know that there's a certain blessing that you will never get. He doesn't mean he's God. He's not God, he's trash. Yes, I agree with you. But that's what God has chosen. Oh, you are not, you are not hearing my message. <laughs> that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head. Christ. Hallelujah. What the scripture is saying is that when you have a certain love, you see him from a certain point of love, then you grow up. Are, are you with me? You mature. You no longer be a child who is tossed. Because when you go to this church and you don't like the pastor, Somebody says something, then you leave that church and go to that place 
and you don't like the pastor, you go somewhere, like somebody said that, I don't want to go to a church because anytime I go to the church, the color of the pastor is the color of the church members and the dominant race. And so because I won't go to church. You see, it is that poison of that person. He has surrounded himself with all his countrymen. (laughs) Are you getting it? And so you see him as a bigot, or you see him as somebody who he doesn't, and because of that, you can't receive from him. And if you can't receive from him, it's not he that gets missed out, but you. So you are always a child. You are tossed this way, you are tossed that way, you are tossed this way, you are tossed every other way. But if you have a certain love and appreciation for the person, he's not perfect. But it helps you to develop. It helps you to grow. It helps you to become mature. And every grace that God has comes to, to, to you. Hallelujah. So it's one, it is one uh, gift that you must never ever, you know, despise. That's why you must do all your best to cherish him in a certain light. So in Galatians chapter 6, Paul was saying that if he has communicated to you spiritual things, communicate to him physical things. You see, when you give the, the pastor a gift, not because he needs it, but it makes you, your heart, endear to him. Do, do, you, do you get it? I'm, I don't need your gift, so please don't think that I want a gift. That's what I'm saying. But I'm just trying to teach you that if you have a certain respect, certain love for the person, love gives. If you have a certain love towards him and you give towards, you, towards him, it makes your heart open to receive from him. And when you receive, you become more mature and more blessed. Hallelujah. So actually, pastors are a gift from God to the church. The, be- the greatest asset of the church is the pastor. Did you hear what I said? It's not how powerful the church prays. The greatest asset of the church is not the building they bought. It's not the nice gadgets they have in the church. The greatest asset is the pastor. So along with the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the gifts that were, his gifts were that some should teach, equip the saints so they become mature. So in other words, the pastors are supposed to be player coach. See, pastors should train the people to discover their gift. You have a certain gift of God. You have a certain call of God on your life. You don't know it. But when you have a certain, you have that honor, that reverence to the pastor. As you go on, the Bible says, then shall we know when we follow on to know. That gift is revealed to you through the office of the. There are a lot of people have called that, oh, let this person do this. And as the person has started doing that, the person realizes, I have a certain gift that I didn't know I had for this particular thing. But you see, you need to have a certain love and trust for the, the pastor to even try what he says you must try. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? If the pastor says that, go and be a, a, a pastor in that church. Oh, for me, you don't like me. So, uh, why don't you choose your favorites to go there? Hallelujah. They are supposed to show you how to study your Bible. They are supposed to help you by counseling you in your marriage. Hallelujah. I don't care how, how great a, a, a Christian you think you are, a, a mature Christian you are. 
you will have some issues even in your relation, your marriage. And if you don't have respect for the counselor or the pastor who is counseling you, your marriage will always be in trouble. Are you with me? The people are supposed to be taught or trained by the coach, the player coach, to learn how to teach others themselves. Amen. They're supposed to learn to recognize the defects of, and the, the, to learn and recognize and defeat their enemies. If you allow the pastor, they will teach you how to live a life of liberty and triumph through Christ. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, this is the, the reason why we struggle. It's because when we see the weaknesses of the pastor, we cannot take it. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Amen. That the excellency of power may be of God and not of us. God has decided to use these guys with all their flaws. Because the excellency is not through them, but it's of God. Amen. In 1 Peter 5, 2, the Bible says, Shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and do not be sodded again, and not for sodded gain, for, but with eagerness. Amen. So you see, allow yourself to be shepherded. Amen. Because God has called them to shepherd you. So allow them to, 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 to shepherd you. Amen. Allow them. Titus 1.7 says that for the overseer must be above reproach as God's steward, not of selfish will, not quick-tempered, not addicted to wine, not pugnacious, not fond of sordid gain. Amen. In Genesis 5, verse 14, then he is sick among you. Then let him call for the elders or the pastors of the church. And they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of God. Hallelujah. Let me give you one quick one. Apart from the pastors, God also uses individuals. Is it okay? My time is up, isn't it? Should I give one or? I'll mention it. God uses other individuals. We'll look at a couple of them. The first one in the Bible we can see is Abraham. Abraham was a man full of flaws, isn't it? Abraham goes somewhere and then he says that he says to his wife, when you go, tell them that you are my sister. So, first of all, the pastor has lied. This individual has lied. And not only that, the individual goes to the king and says to the king, you can have my sister. In other words, you can have my wife, so long as you give me some money. That, that means he, this, this pastor is pimping his wife. You give me a new car. 
and a house to stay. You can have my wife for the night. See, if you were here when we were talking about choices, you remember that that is the reason why Lot ended up in Sodom and ended up with a wife who became a pillar of salt. Because that thing, if it just grossed him out. He lost a certain respect for his pastor. Because of the mistake the pastor did, he could not receive from his, his pastor any longer. To the point that now his, his servants were fighting with the servants of his pastor. So in the church, he had his own congregation. He was a rival pastor in the church with his own congregation against the, the congregation of the pastor. Hallelujah. So the pastor calls him and says, Brother Lot, don't let us fight. You and your congregation. I know you've, you have your own disloyal congregation amongst my church members, but from today decide you want to go left, we will choose right. If you want to go to right, we will choose left. You see, in those days, the culture was that the elder elders must receive the greatest share. So really, Lord should have said, no, my pastor, no, my uncle, no, it is not done. Let you choose. When you go to the right, I'll go to the left. When you go to the left, I'll go to the right. But a certain, uh, the pastor had been brought so low in his estimation that when the man said that you choose first, he quick, quickly looked and choose, chose. Are, are, you, are you with me? See, never get to the place where you become self-conceited. You become pompous in your heart. Even to the point that when the, 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 uh, he was taken into slavery, when the, the king came and captured him and taken to slavery, the, the, the pastor or the uncle organizes his servant, his army, and goes to rescue him. He rescues him and his servant and his, his wife, all his property, and brings them back. When they came back, they said, no, who will not stay here? Now that you have rescued us, let us go. See, that's what I mean by when a certain mind enters into your heart. You cannot receive from the person any longer. Even when the person does anything good to you, you still see it as some way. Till he ended up with a wife who became a pillar of salt. He still couldn't choose the way that his father or his uncle Abraham had chosen. That his choices were affected by the mistake of the pastor. Why? Because he could not receive him through the eyes of love and reverence. I pray that we will not make that mistake. I say, I pray that we will not make that mistake. Even when the pastor backslides, you will not backslide because the pastor has backslidden. Even when the pastor makes a mistake, because of your, the love, the reverence you have for him, it's like he's fallible, he can make mistakes. But that doesn't mean that I should take my, my sword and kill my king. So far be it that I should kill the anointed of the Lord. Even when he cut the, the hem, the skirt of his garment, he said that my heart smote me. Why? Because you are the king. You are God's anointed. I am not the anointed. 
Even though the anointing of God had departed and now the spirit, evil spirit had now uh, 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 tormented him, he still saw him as the anointed of God and I will not kill him. And that is why David was never killed by his servants. Because he sowed a certain seed. Why? Because he had a certain reverence. I pray that we'll have that same respect and that reverence for the men of God in our lives. 